0: Remember when I peed all over myself while tripping in your house when we first met? <laughs>
1: I hope that I never forget that. And I don't know how I could
0: and urinated all over your house as well. Sorry again for that. Really. It's okay. But I <laughs> that memory was triggered because that was a part of it where it dawned I can't on meet me, that need. you th-
1: need me to stop peeing. I can't meet that meat.
0: <laughs> yes, basically. The amazing
1: thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up.
0: perfect time to do a podcast
1: yeah why do i always seem to have so many difficult conversations right before we have scheduled (laughs) a podcast
0: it's no coincidence in my opinion
1: oh especially with this topic that we're going to talk about because i'm ready to choke a motherfucker out
0: (laughs) whoa (laughs) anybody out there know what that feels like (laughs) (laughs) Whoo! I'm sure. I'm sure. 99% of us can relate to that feeling.
1: Years ago, I'd probably been throwing shit. So I'm. I'm making progress anyway.
0: Huge progress. I see that inner smile (laughs) 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 peeking out. It's all
1: gonna work out. It's all gonna work out. It is. Um. But it is really fucking frustrating when you're talking to people and they're basically just either completely negating what you're saying or gaslighting you or you know i guess that's the two things that I feel like I'm struggling with right now um mhm you know so yeah and it I don't, is I really don't frustrating to communicate very effectively i mean i don't know i feel like i did okay um but i guess the struggle is that even if I feel like I'm communicating uh, non-violently, it's. Uh, I guess sometimes it just doesn't go anywhere. I guess sometimes there is no resolution, mm-hmm. and we just have, we just have to be okay with that. Yeah. Or the resolution doesn't come immediately. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, in particularly. When it's a business type of conversation, mm. which I mean, typically business is let like emotion is taken out of it, it's supposed to bullshit. be is supposed bullshit. to be. like that's been yeah, whatever that's been the culture of business and being at work is to separate mm. your. Emotional self from business Let's do business Let's keep business Here And so Bringing in Yeah Which is not actually true It's impossible Actually Mm -hmm. So
1: Yeah, Brene Brown talked about that In one of her episodes mm
0: -hmm. Helped me
1: feel better About the fact that I do Bring my heart Into my business Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm So
0: Yeah, so there's more, there are more and more workplaces that are being trained in communication techniques. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Brene Brown does that or did that for a while, Mm -hmm. work in corporate environments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to help train them in communication uh, strategies, Mm -hmm. which it's so important. Um, I was listening to a YouTube video this morning where, uh, it was a young woman giving a Ted talk about nonviolent communication. And she, uh, what Institute was she with some like nonviolent communication Institute in New York, where that's basically all they do is help corporations and organizations, um, practice these techniques. And she was saying that one of the Rules that they have or one of the systems that they set up is basically when things start to get confusing over email, then immediately that's recognized. Like when there's a question of confusion, Mm -hmm. then you immediately schedule a phone call. Like that's the practice Mm -hmm. you get off of the the screen communication Mm -hmm. without, you know, when you're communicating over email, there's no tone. There's no face. And things can get heated really quickly and there's just misunderstanding after misunderstanding once things get confusing and emotional. So mm-hmm. they teach organizations to immediately get off email when there's confusion coming up. Right. Pick that up the phone. Sense. Yeah. What I if guess. you did that on Facebook?
1: Then, <laughs> well, I don't know. People would just be screaming at each other on phone. I don't know. That's me. I'm trying to imagine the situation that I'm I'm experiencing and you know, switching it over to a phone. I don't I don't know. Would it help? I don't know. I, I don't know. This is something that, as we're talking about this, and you even said, like, as I'm thinking about the kind of gendered communication, you're like, oh, there's a woman, and Brene Brown does like Men suck at nonviolent communication. And women have been forced into nonviolent communication because, you know, if you're aggressive in any way towards a male, then... You know, there's all kinds of consequences that go with that. And men are supposed to be this. like. Mm. You don't think that historically that women have been it's kind of ingrained to be.
0: No, Mm-mm. I think maybe that's more considered. Maybe passive communication or something as opposed to mm. okay, assertive, aggressive, because nonviolent communication is a strategy that. Uh, a okay. psychologist yeah. is Marshall Marshall Rosenberg I think is his name pretty sure he's a psychologist and therapist family therapist I think I need to actually look that up I don't know for sure but <laughs> he sure seems like a therapist I've listened to his YouTube videos anyway it's a strategy that maybe is he just play one on TV <laughs> yeah maybe he plays one I don't care he's a great actor <laughs> <laughs> if he plays one but he came up with, or at least at least trademarked this thing, which is used all over the place Some now. Woman in, probably in, came up with it. Yeah, this probably it's his shit. wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah, they have a lot of nonviolent. I feel like I should be the it.
1: one that communicates this to the world, <laughs> <laughs> and you should bake brownies. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> I don't know. I
1: mean, I don't you know. Never know you never days, know yeah, these days. There's a hell of a lot of shit that women did that men got the credit um, for, that's for sure. Uh, and this well, doesn't feel like something that, in my mind, doesn't feel like something that men came up with. But <laughs> I could be very, that's, that's, that's very uh, general generalizing of
0: me. So Maybe he learned it from his mother. That's
1: sexist of me towards men, so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea the history of all that. But I know that he's credited with it. And And there's a bunch of... YouTube videos online of him giving workshops on nonviolent communication and to therapists and coaches. And Mm. it's helped me a lot. We've talked about it on the podcast Mm. quite a few times and Mm. I bring it up all the time. And you had the idea to talk about nonviolent communication Mm. specifically today Mm. and the steps behind it. So, That's why I was digging around this morning. Well, I
1: feel like it's A, you have a lot of knowledge and experience with it and B, it's something that's very helpful in psychedelic space, particularly in group sessions when people are Mm -hmm. trying to communicate how they're feeling um, and there's a lot of emotion behind it and one of the things that comes up a lot in group psychedelic experiences is being kind of um, I don't know, annoyed maybe is a simplification of it, but uh, you know, other people mm-hmm. in your space and to have a toolkit to go in and communicate with those people. Cause that's, that's something that, uh, people ask me a lot before we do a session, they'll say, you know, so what if somebody is, you know, making a bunch of noise that I feel like is interfering with my dose or mm-hmm. vice versa, you know, so to be able to, diffuse that situation or when you're in integration circles i've seen things come up where people get really offended by what someone else says or don't uh, understand it and Mm -hmm. and you know to be able to communicate effectively can help everybody come to a a, a, just a better understanding of each other and themselves
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a lifelong practice Mm -hmm. i think
1: not just for psychedelics obviously
0: Right. And even with ourselves, I mean, that's where it starts is communicating with ourselves Mm. in in this way. And so so nonviolent communication guides us to reframe how we express ourselves and hear others. So instead of automatic reactions, our words become conscious responses based on awareness of what we perceive, feel and want. So nonviolent communication, the idea is that we are reaching a common understanding of, of where we're both coming from. If this is a if this is a conversation between two people that involves a heated topic and there’s some disagreements uh, on opinions, that is when, We can quickly misunderstand each other. Yeah. So if I want something and you want something different, and we are in a situation, say a domestic uh, environment together, where this is coming up frequently, where I want something, you want something else, and it's interfering with our ability to be happy with each other, then if we don't know how to understand where each other is coming from, if we don't make any attempt Mm. to understand needs that we both have that are having us want different things, then what oftentimes happens is we get frustrated and unable to communicate Because we just think, I want something, you want something else. We're never going to get what we want Mm -hmm. because we can't come to an agreement. So why even try? And so I'm just going to, there's all kinds of ways that people handle not having their needs met. Uh, And a lot of times it's unhealthy. So nonviolent communication is all about trying to get on the same page about, okay, I'm having this come up. And there's a need, like an underlying need underneath of this thing that I want. And so I'm going to attempt to communicate that with you without judgment. So without doing my best to not point a finger at you and actually take responsibility for my feelings and my request to make a change. So basically giving you the opportunity to see where I'm coming from and the need that I am trying to get met here. Like I, I want this say, here's a common one. Um, yelling sometimes say in a, in a partnership where there's kids, um, maybe I hear you yell at our son and a lot of times what might happen is i could say don't yell at him like mm-hmm. you're you're upsetting me you're yelling at our son he hates it he's getting upset i'm getting upset stop it and then you that's not acknowledging that's not helping you understand that when i hear you yell at our son I have a need to feel safe. And when I hear you yelling at him, I, I feel afraid. I feel scared for whatever reason it is. Maybe it's because in childhood I was abused or something. I don't know, but I have this need to feel safe. When you scream at our son, I, I feel scared. Notice I didn't say you make me feel scared. Hmm. I said, I feel scared. And so because I have this need to feel safe, could I make a request that we try and troubleshoot how to better better handle this situation with our son when it comes up so that we can find a different way where you're not screaming Hmm. so that I can have this need met? And this is a real life.
1: We're playing this out in real life. And we we did this earlier and we decided to put our kid in the closet whenever he won't (laughs) listen. So that's the the compromise.
0: Yeah. See how quiet he is right now. It's working. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) He's with the nanny, you all. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: not get into all that, but yeah. Um, Wow. So you actually like, I'm thinking about doing this with kids, how well this works with kids um, I I do I need to try and qualify this do I yell at the kids so much that you're bringing this up <laughs> is that why this is, do I? I mean I do you know sometimes there's some times where I raise my voice
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that has, that's when I start to question does this always work with the kids because I, I see you do try to use this kind of communication with our son sometimes and it doesn't work and then you get frustrated and you raise your voice. And so I guess that's where me playing the devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. uh, I, kind of keep coming to is like, you know, a lot of this stuff I've seen it be very effective for sure. Um, at the same time, I've also seen where people just like, they're not having it and they're just so in their emotions whether it be a kid or an adult that doesn't know how to handle their emotions, that they're so in their emotions that mm-hmm. you can't you can't nonviolently communicate them down. I remember one integration session that I did where someone there was a individual who had trauma towards towards law enforcement, and there was a law enforcement officer that was in the integration circle and this person just started going off and no matter how we attempted to calm the situation down it was like that trauma was so deep that they didn't have a way to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: healthily communicate what they were experiencing and i see Mm -hmm. it with kids i see it with with our son that you know Mm -hmm. sometimes no matter how much you try to communicate to him this is what i need you to do right now because what you're doing is making me feel a certain way it doesn't stop and then you raise your voice and or Mm -hmm. i raise my voice and then he Gets upset and cries, and and then it, you know, comes to mm-hmm. a different resolution. So, how do we manage this at a point mm-hmm. where, it, are there points where it's not effective, and if so, how do we manage those kinds of situations?
0: Yeah, yeah, those are excellent questions. And just to reiterate, I'm not an expert in nonviolent communication, so I know a little bit, but not. You a practice it a lot. I do practice it a lot. You
1: are really good at it.
0: Yeah, I'm getting better at it all the time. But with having children is a whole new level of
1: mm-hmm.
0: of nonviolent communication. So with those questions you just posed, a couple things come up for me. One, in the scenario where you were describing an integration circle. Mm-hmm. And a law enforcement officer and the inability for that person to communicate effectively because of this trauma sweeping over mm-hmm. uh, them. And I would ask, well, can you imagine the alternative of you attempting not not making any attempt to communicate effectively if you mm. didn't have practice with communicating nonviolently for you to then get so overwhelmed by emotions that you just come back at that law enforcement officer with
1: well it wasn't the, it wasn't the officer it was the oh. person who, who had been
0: oh that's abused right. by
1: a police officer that's was right. aggressive towards a police officer but mm-hmm. still um, I that's that's where. And I think that this is a mental block that I have that I need to find a way around or over um, because even with our son, Mm -hmm. when it feels like, okay, we've been trying this nonviolent communication long enough, time for daddy to step the fuck in here and take care of business, you know? Right. And so, like, that's when I hesitate to say it, but sometimes it does feel like that, you know, very heavy-handed, assertive response is sometimes in order and i could be totally wrong in the situation with the law enforcement uh he got up and left he was just like look i'm i'm not going to stand here and take this and maybe that's the answer
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, yes i was listening to marshall rosenberg the guy that created this Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) We just made that up, (laughs) by the way, you all. Uh, Anyway, I was listening to him at this workshop and he was taking questions from the audience. And one of the questions was, I try this, I try nonviolent communication with my three-year-old when it's bedtime. And he tells me I don't want to go to bed. I'm not tired. And the woman is saying, so like, I don't know what to do with that. He's clearly telling me where he's at. He's expressing his need to be autonomous and not go to bed and telling me very clearly, I'm not tired. I don't want to go to bed. And she's like, so where's the line here? Like, Mm -hmm. can we always use nonviolent communication or, or what, when it comes to kids, how do we use it? And he responded, Marshall Rosenberg responded, basically saying, you know, nonviolent communication. First of all, it only works when you are trying to reach a compromise. That's the point Mm -hmm. of it. So If you're talking Mm. to someone with a very specific objective that you need to happen, like Mm. a child, uh, if you need this certain thing to happen, you're not, it would be going against nonviolent communication to get that child to do exactly what you want them to do, because Mm. that's not the structure of it. The point is to come to an agreement Mm. and an understanding between both individuals so it's not one way it takes two individuals willing to make some kind of compromise or an attempt to reach a certain a common goal so like you can use it to express like I have this need right now for you to be healthy to your child you can explain using that part of it that um you know I have a need for you to be healthy and the way I know to get that need met for you as my child is for you to go to bed like right now so you can get sleep. So are you willing to help me with that? And the child at that point, you're asking them a question so they can say no. (laughs) Like, okay. So um, your objective isn't necessarily going to be, you're asking them if they're willing and if they're telling you no, then are you willing to make a compromise? <laughs> so, you know, he's saying, he basically said, and this guy's like, at this point, this video was made, I think, shortly before he died in 2015. So he's an, old, an older guy, he's like in his 70s, and he's saying, you know, I learned, just side note, that with my kids when they were younger, I, did make a lot of compromises with them the bedtime one for example I uh, was giving lectures at this hospital uh, organization when my kids were really little and I that one of the doctors came up to me and said you know I'm a professor and I keep seeing this issue with our new um, students that come in to be doctors And they basically were never, they never learned how to, how to know when it's time for them to go to sleep. Like they get into college and they just are totally incapable of now that they have autonomy, they're totally incapable of knowing like to listen to their body. And so they just, they aren't sleeping and they're getting really sick. Like this is a consistent thing every year, like second semester, They're just wiped and they get sick and they're missing classes all the time. And I can't help but wonder if it's because they they were just told when to go to bed. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because they just don't know how to listen to their bodies. And uh, Marshall Rosenberg at the time, he said, I was having such an issue with my kids going to bed and it was like a huge argument every single night with all three of my kids when it came for bedtime, they were all like, we don't want to go to bed. We're not tired. (laughs) And so that night after talking to that doctor, he said he went home and spoke with his wife and basically decided that they were going to strategize with their children, express the need that they have We have this need for you to be healthy. And I also have a need, like we also have a need to have alone time at night. Like it's a 50% we want you to be healthy and a 50% we want us to be healthy. So how can we make a compromise here? How can we work this out together where you all are getting sleep? Me and your mom have alone time. And the oldest child came up with the idea where they all go to their rooms at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and they put themselves to bed. <laughs> and he said, you know, it was really hard at first, but they ultimately and there was a couple weeks of them going to bed so late and getting horrible sleep. And they learned, though, pretty quickly yeah, how did they by having the autonomy. What?
1: Who woke them up? Right.
0: They did. The parents had to wake them up and deal okay. with the consequences. Okay. But he was like, they did learn pretty quickly that hmm. being woken up to go to school at seven or whatever in the morning, six in the morning, after going to bed at 10 hmm. or 11 felt horrible. But they, I, we put the hmm. choice in their hands hmm. and they gained that sense of autonomy and stopped screaming at us every night when it was time to go to bed. They just hmm. started saying, Oh, yeah, like I learned. It's time for me to go wow. to bed. Oh, yeah. So that was like a whole twist <laughs> in my nonviolent communication research. And he was talking about something else like when somebody doesn't have the capacity to know, um, what is really harmful for them. And this is a slippery slope in a gray area for sure. But like with children, if you know very clearly, if you're responsible for a child and they're running in the street and there's a car coming and they haven't learned to look left and right and they can't get out of the way of the car, you can't nonviolent communication your way out of that situation. You have to take forceful action and pull them out of the street Mm -hmm. And just do it like and those are instances where clearly like nonviolent communication isn't a Mm -hmm. like this is for all occasions all the time. Right. Right. Type of thing.
1: Yeah. It does have me questioning boundaries, you know, it's it's, it seems like it can be potentially a slippery slope, you know, Mm -hmm. where you've got to really know that this is your your boundary still because you know, wanting to have compromise is a great thing, but compromising your values is not. And so with kids in particular is where I feel like it gets really kind of tricky and
0: I, uh, don't, I don't have mm-hmm. a good,
1: because like that kind of sleep thing, in one way I can understand it similarly to running out in front of the car. You know, like you don't understand this is what mm-hmm. you need. Go to bed. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. And he
0: was saying in, in that circumstance, thinking of their health more long term, like Mm -hmm. I have the responsibility to make, to teach this human, like the first say 18 years of their life, how to live the the other Mm -hmm. 60 years of their Mm -hmm. life or whatever, to give them the foundations to make, you know healthy choices. Yeah. So coming from that standpoint thinking of the long term um there's that you know it's not it's a spectrum mm-hmm. like everything it's mm-hmm. not always the same but in general nonviolent communication there is a boundary that when you're making a request like you're stating your need I have a need say the yelling example, I have a need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And if we can't come to a compromise on that feels good for me and feels good for you, then I'm going to, this is what I'm going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And
1: so do you, gosh, there's so much here, but dude, do you, dude, do you, like, is it important? It, it's not always possible to have these conversations with a plan. You know, this is a, a skill set that you're trying to develop that you can bring into any scenario. But when you start to think about kind of, you know, your alternatives, if you can't get your needs met, then what do you do? Um, It sounds like it is helpful as much as possible to have thought out, you know, what are going to be the consequences if I can't get my needs met in this situation?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't, No, that doesn't mean you can't immediately in a situation try to at least use the steps of nonviolent communication to come to some kind of um, agreement. But Mm -hmm. you can say at the end, okay, well, looks like based on this conversation, my need is not going to get met with you Mm -hmm. in this area. And Mm so now I need to figure out what I need to do. So I'm going to request some time
1: one that can't meet the need. Like I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. people that want things of me that I can't provide. How do I, how does one respond and say, I guess it's just like, okay, I can't meet that need. Um, what is there something else that I can do or how can, how can I, you know, mm-hmm. do you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like,
0: are you thinking of a specific, I'm thinking of a specific
1: situation where say like somebody needs me or like they, maybe they say that their need is for me to go physically be in this other place for three months or something. And i just like, I can't do that. I can't meet that need. Right. And so then do we try to find a compromise on the alternative or yeah do do, am am i then just forced to like take whatever they offer kind of thing you know does it like end negotiations at that point i guess is what i'm asking
0: yeah so that triggered a interesting memory for me remember when i peed all over myself while tripping in your house when we first met i
1: hope (laughs) That I never forget that. And I don't know how I could.
0: <laughs> and urinated all over your house as well. Sorry again for that. Really. It's okay. But I, <laughs> that memory was triggered because that was a part of it where it dawned <laughs> I can't on meet me. that need. You the-
1: <laughs> need me to stop peeing. I can't meet that need.
0: Yes. Basically, like, yeah. like you're telling me. You're saying stop peeing in my house because I was just standing there peeing all over the place. <laughs> I'm like walking behind her laughing, with a mop. And I'm, I'm literally
1: walking behind her with a mop while l- with she's a peeing.
0: Mop. Yeah. Right. So, so at the time I'm like, <laughs> I literally can't. I don't know what else to do. I, this is all I know how to do right now is pee. I, I just literally, I can't do anything else. Mm hmm. I'm not capable Mm -hmm. and genuinely feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And you saying to me over and over, stop it, stop peeing. And it dawned on me in that moment that, wow, I need to do this. And he's asking me not to, and I'm still doing it. And because it's a need that I have. And if he's not okay with that, then like there's gonna be implications and that's okay because I have to get this need met right now (laughs) and for me we obviously clearly that there was a big conversation that needed to be had after that between you and I (laughs) but for me that was a big step because I hadn't felt in a long time that I could be in a uh, sexual relationship with someone and get ex- like um, express that I needed something and it not be okay and me still stand up for myself and say mm-hmm. no like I need this mm-hmm. so it's it's okay if if this is like not working for you mm-hmm. then <laughs> that's fine I will move on interesting and clearly like that sh- like that shouldn't mean that I urinate all over your house, like and, and
1: like you did this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you a all can't see my face as, right now, but yeah, uh, <laughs> a couple times a week she just feels the need to walk around the house peeing.
0: But the urinating <laughs> was to me. I didn't understand mm-hmm. that I was urinating. I was tripping, and I didn't. I felt relief is what I felt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought I was just getting relief. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was peeing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't comprehend that was happening, mm-hmm. but that was the only way I knew to get relief. And it just kept happening naturally in my body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kept telling me, you can't, you basically, I was hearing, you can't get this relief right now. You can't mm-hmm. like, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. get relief. And I was I think like, I
1: was asking you to relieve yourself outside, but, anyway
0: you were I was like I can't move I need relief (laughs) I'm gonna get it okay and I was just looking at you laughing because I was it felt so good to understand that I can say that I have a need and it's not okay with you like you don't want it and I can still go for it Mm -hmm. and
1: Thank God that need wasn't defecation. That would have been a deal breaker.
0: Yeah, I'm grateful for that as well. That was the best second
1: date of my life.
0: Wow. Yeah. Eight eight years later, you all. It was well worth it. Here we are. It was worth every drop. (laughs) So...
1: Okay, so what's the formula again? Give us the formula one more time for non okay. communication.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the formula is step number one, observing feelings without judgment. Or observing, sorry, observing without judgment. Just observing without judgment. So,
1: so I see that you are feeling this way or it, it seems like you feel this way kind of thing.
0: Uh, well, let's use the yelling example. Let's just stick with that. Okay. So,
1: so I see that you, I see you're yelling. Um, that's the observation. Yeah. I see you're yelling. I'm not judging that. I'm not criticizing you for it, but you know, this is what's happening. Yeah. Okay.
0: You're yelling. Okay. And step number two is taking responsibility for our own feelings
1: okay and so right now I'm feeling really frightened and vulnerable mm-hmm okay
0: yeah when
1: oh when you're when when this is happening so you you, right. you want to you repeat back the behavior that you're observing ideally okay so just to reiterate so I see that you're yelling at me and you know I can appreciate that but it's also making me can feel. can you appreciate that no Okay, so I want to. Uh, all right, so, okay, so right now you're yelling at me, and I'm not judging it. That's what you're doing, but I need you to understand that it is scaring me. It is intimidating, and it makes me feel unsafe. I suck
0: closer. This. That's closer. Yeah, that's why we're practicing. So there were. Stop
1: fucking yelling at me! Is that better? <laughs> okay all right let's go back over this
0: so again taking responsibility instead of you're making me feel Uh, unsafe because yeah maybe that's not necessarily what is going on
1: okay yeah true just stating
0: how you feel okay when that happens
1: um all right so i see you're upset you're yelling and i'm not judging that uh I need you to know that right now I am feeling very scared by it and intimidated by this behavior. Yeah. Is that good?
0: Yeah, that's good. So step number three is identifying our needs. So what is the the need that is coming up for you? In this situation that is having you say something about it. Okay.
1: So I have a need, I need to feel safe to be able to have a conversation. If we're going to be able to solve this problem then I need to feel, you know, safe and unintimidated.
0: Sure. Yeah. I don't know what you look like. That's your need. Mm -hmm. I need to feel safe and not intimidated. Mm -hmm. And step number four, requesting without demanding.
1: Okay, so, so can making please a, not yell at me, so that we can talk this situation out. Yes. So, um,
0: and then I could say, hopefully, what about something that's
1: not so? Can we do something that's not so intense? Like if there's yeah, somebody, do, if there's some, do if there's somebody that wants like what's what's something that somebody might want okay let's just say money somebody wants some money i don't know a debt collector i don't fucking know i'm just trying to think of something where somebody's like saying hey you know you owe me this money or i need some money right now like that's that's a thing that i've had people be like look i need some money can you help me out mm-hmm. and i don't want to offend them is or, this is
0: someone there's no prior
1: There's no agreement. agreement Okay, so not a debt collector. It's not a debt collector. It's just someone that say someone on the street. No, let's say someone who is a friend because it's on the street. I'm like, sorry, I can't be up. But if it's like a friend that is in a bad place Mm -hmm. and they're stressed out already because they're in a tough spot financially, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. then they're coming to me as a maybe a last resort, and I don't have the money to give them, and I can see that they're stressed. I can see that they're worried. And I don't want to incite any more of that. Right. So I'm trying, I'm just trying to think of a situation where, because like a lot of times I think of nonviolent communication as a way to diffuse an angry conversation, but that's not always how it should be used. It can be used and, and should be used to just help find a resolution in a way that doesn't mm-hmm. provoke any more stress. Cause a lot of people are, especially like, you know, all the shit with COVID, maybe we could talk about like, I need you to get vaccinated. You need like, maybe it's a family member that's saying, you know, Mm -hmm. I want you to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I really want you to get vaccinated or I really don't want you to get vaccinated. Right. Or I want you to do what the fuck ever. But Mm -hmm. like, I'm just trying to think of situations that are not
0: immediately
1: aggressive and violent that still need to be handled in a way so that that they don't become violent. So Mm -hmm. let's use the money as an example. Right. I got a friend who's really in a bad place. No money. He's going to lose his apartment. He's really going to be living in his car and he's coming to me and he's obviously stressed and there's just nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. So let me repeat these steps again. So there's, first of all, is I observe the problem. I acknowledge my responsibility. I uh, express my need.
0: Uh, you take responsibility for your feelings Mm-kay. around it. Mm-hmm. And then you identify your needs. Identify my needs. Coming up.
1: And then I
0: make a request.
1: Make a request
0: to the person.
1: Okay. So. So.
0: So, so I, see, you know, I, see I can the, play. I can play the okay, person needing sure. money, ahead, please. <laughs> so hey, Eric, is now a good time to talk? Sure. What's up? So in a really messed up situation right now. I. uh, just, uh, went to buy some groceries and, uh, my credit card got declined and all my cards got declined. And then I went to the bank and I realized that, you know, there's, there's only $5 in my checking account and I have all these bills to pay and I I gotta, I gotta get food. And I was just wondering like, can you loan me like $500? Just, uh, I know I've asked you Five hundred dollars before, and you've always you know showed up and given me money when I needed it and so I was just really hoping you could help me out again hmm
1: yeah well i hear I hear you I hear you are broke again, you need some more money again um and I uh, can understand how frustrating that must be um, you know I um I'm feeling like you know this is the third time you've come to me in the last. no, it's putting, it's blaming somebody else, right when it's not taking responsibility for feelings no
0: you can you can okay. state the situation okay at hand,
1: okay, I'm feeling like I'm kind of becoming a resource or you know kind of like relied on to to save the day here, and it honestly makes me feel a little bit used um and then it's a request
0: uh need state your need Uh, and
1: you know if we're going to be friends then like i really need to know that it like i'm not going to be just like this crutch that you come to i haven't we haven't really talked in the last two weeks now you're showing up and I need money, you need money, and you know if we're gonna be friends, I just need to feel like we're legitimately friends and you know I don't right now i'm not I'm kind of not feeling that way um so I'm not gonna be able to give you the money, and what I'm gonna ask of you is that if we're friends that you know you're still gonna show up and you know communicate with me and check on my needs and see how I'm doing. Uh, rather than just, like, coming to me whenever there's a financial need. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I, uh, uh that's hard to hear, man. I uh, I really need this money, and I don't know, like, you know, I, I I love you, man, and we've been through so much together, and, you know, I definitely want to be your friend, and I just, I keep, I keep running out of money, and you're so good at making money, and I just... I just wish I could be more like you and make money and I don't know what to do. You can't give me anything like you can't give me even.
1: All right. I hear you asking me again. I hear you. I hear you continuing. And, uh, I need you to know that's making me feel even more used and unheard. And so God damn, I forget the next part. It's not the request. The, uh, you
0: state your your need.
1: Oh, yeah. And again, I'm going to tell you that if we're going to be friends and I need you to hear me and I need you to acknowledge and behave like I'm not just your financial savior. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to be like me. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm going to request is that if you want to be like me, then you act more like me.
0: Wow, this took a turn. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, maybe you just give me some free lessons. Um, <laughs> yeah, you
1: follow me around for the next two weeks, and if you <laughs> start making a bunch of money, oh God, I'd love to be that guy that people just like looked at and like that's a money-making machine. I need
0: to So okay, lesson. well, all right. Anyway, you know, I, know. I, I, oh, I um. I get that. Like I'm going to really, this is, this is probably my rock bottom right now. I don't know. I, uh, I get it. Like you can't just keep giving me money all the time. And I'm really not acting like a friend when I, now that you said that it's, it's really showing me that I have taken advantage of you and I'm really sorry. I, I don't want to be that, that person. And so I'm going to have to figure my stuff out and I guess I'm gonna have to file for bankruptcy or something, and I don't know, man. But if you could just be here as a friend, that would be great because I'm about to go through some tough stuff right now.
1: I got some mushrooms. If you need some mushrooms, <laughs> it'll help you feel better for a little bit, anyway. Maybe yeah. some Mushrooms, and then in the direction of how to make some money. I don't know.
0: Oof, I don't know if I can handle <laughs> a mushroom trip right now. <laughs> yeah, May- maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe you in wait. a few months yeah, after, after you, I yeah, yeah, can let's
1: get you on your feet financially. Yeah. Although the mushrooms may help you figure out how to make money. I don't know. You know, sometimes they can really teach you some. Very that's valuable. true. And oftentimes when you feel like you really don't want to do mushrooms and you feel like you're really not ready for it, that's sometimes that resistance is an indicator that it's really the time to
0: go to the mushroom. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to think about that and maybe you're right about that. And you know, if you could, Maybe you could invite me over for dinner and you know <laughs> I'm pretty hungry, so if you could tell me more about that over dinner tonight, like that'd be great. But I'm not saying, you yeah, know, it's fine you if you can you bring some crackers or some <laughs> motherfucker shit. <laughs> all right,
1: all right, all right. Good lesson, good lesson. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Uh it's definitely obviously something that I need more practice with. And fortunately I need yeah, you too. as a teacher. Well, we all it's all it's all uh it's all uh you know, a life process. All of it.
0: Yes, it is. So. There's a lot of great videos for you listening out there. There's a lot of great videos on YouTube on non nonviolent communication and people practicing in different scenarios and there's also trainings and workshops all over the place, which I would really like to go to one of those and keep practicing in different circumstances. It's It is a great, I, you know, I initially learned this in college, uh, when I was getting my public health education degree and there was a training, I think they called it green light violence prevention or something like that. Uh, bystander training and, Mm uh, just training in all kinds of different uh, circumstances you could find yourselves in that could quickly become violent, like Mm -hmm. physically violent, And how to diffuse situations. And this was a key part of the training Mm -hmm. was stating like learning how to uh, do nonviolent communication. And then ultimately, which I don't know if we really talked about this, but stating at the end, if you in a, in a really chaotic heated situation, you need to state at the end, what's going to happen if, this isn't resolved quickly Like mm-hmm. if it's actually getting violent Things are being thrown or something like that There's You oh, gotta God. state at the end like If you don't stop throwing things I am going to run out and call the police right. Or something like right. that Well you that's know?
1: what I was saying Like to have a game plan going into a, a conversation That mm-hmm. might get heated uh, and To kind of know what your right, You know emergency exit is If you will mm-hmm. uh, Which you don't always know And that's you know Got to be on your toes and be ready to do whatever it takes. So, okay. Well, this has been a yeah. good conversation. Thank you so much for walking us through it. I enjoy our roleplay.
0: <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thanks for asking me.
1: Yeah. All right, listeners. Hope this was helpful. Uh, and talk to you later. Bye.
0: Bye. And the beating of the drum.